Morning everyone. Firstly, let me apologise for the gap in podcasts. It's Easter holidays. Well, it has been Easter holidays, but the kids are still off. And I've just overloaded with lots of other sort of worky things and just personal things to do. So my apologies for not being my usual regular self. Um, so this podcast is about leaving a narcissist or a narcissist actually discarding you multiple times and about, uh, you know, re kind of thinking about the almost the positive elements of what you can do in those those gaps in the relationship, whether you have caused them or the narcissist has. Because when I talk about no contact, it isn't, it isn't, it was very rare that it's a, an immediate event that you can manifest if you're trying to leave somebody with narcissistic tendencies or a very toxic relationship or, a, like I say, somebody with narcissistic personality disorder. Um, and it's just the same as it is with any abusive relationship or abusive friendship or abusive situation. <clears throat> You've got to be a special type of person to just go at the very first big red flag or abuse event or neglect event, go, actually, this is it, I'm done. Almost everyone dealing in, with these types of situations will try try to give the other person or the situation the benefit of the doubt and go back into it and try and fix it or try to forgive the other person or try to allow um, things to just get better on their own. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you've got an unhealthy attachment or that you are anxious attached or that you have codependency. It doesn't have to mean that. Sometimes that can underpin why those of us who do go back into relationship again and again or allow an abuser back again and again, that is why we do that. And I, I'm able to sort of acknowledge that that was definitely a, a big part of why. And yeah, there's the trauma bond as well. I have actually done a podcast, I think, on all the reasons why... Um, people stay with um, narcissists and in narcissistic abuse situations. And it's not, and I think it was a big long list of about seven reasons if you want to maybe scroll through and have a look. But so I won't repeat myself on that. But what I, I will say is that there's one, there's no shame in going back to the relationship or allowing the abuser back in or the cheater back in at all. Okay, you're not the only one. Um, you're you're essentially probably just a kind soul, a forgiving soul, and somebody who thinks or maybe is in love who just doesn't want to let this relationship fail because there are times that you are happy. Um, <clears throat> and two, in the times at which you have perhaps left the relationship or the narcissist has left you, you get a taste of freedom. It doesn't feel like freedom at the time. It feels like agony. It feels like you've been dropped off a cliff. It feels like, you know, all hope is lost and you, they don't love you. They've never loved you. They've never cared about you. Um, all these thoughts are going round and round in your head. But what I will say from personal experience and from coaching clients who have maybe taken three or four times to leave and then eventually left, you, you know, often with my help, is that they say, and I would say, that in the times that you are away from a narcissist and you're no longer in that relationship, it can be for a day, it could be for three days, it could be for longer, depending on how long you can put up, you can do no contact and how long the narcissist will do a discard. Your body naturally starts to heal and it starts to recalibrate and decompress and breathe. Because when you're in a narcissistically abusive relationship, you breathe for the narcissist. Your entire being is for the narcissist. You know, you're on eggshells. You're thinking about them all the time. Your anxiety is heightened. 
um, your brain is filled with everything that you can do and say to keep the narcissist happy so that you don't have another breakup or you don't have another discard or you don't feel the need to have to leave again. So in, in the time when you are away from them, you can actually taste what it's like to be away from a narcissist, but it's about moving through all that brain fog and pain and agony and going, actually, because I've just gone no contact or because I know that they've discarded me and it's going to be a couple of days now until I hear from them, I can sit and think about things. And you, this is when um, you start to kind of just taste your own life again. And although you're miserable and you're sad, you do, you're not worried about being dumped tonight because you've already been dumped. It's happened already, right? Um, you're not worried about when you're next going to get a wee break from this situation because you've just already given yourself a wee break. You know, you're in it right now. This is it. And it's about fully experiencing that sense of that peace. Although it's uncomfortable and it's painful, it's still quiet. You know, you're not running around looking for the remote control for the narcissist or making pet lunches or doing their ironing or um, checking your phone for the messages, checking your phone for texts or um, dealing with their ranting or their whinging or their whining or their abuse um, because you it's you on your own. So it's own that time that you have given yourself space or the narcissist has, you know, brutally given you space. Because I'm telling you now, in those times, you do get stronger. And the more you see the narcissist not care for you and how easily they can just discard you or not care that you've walked away, the more you get to see the real them. And you get you can get angry. And you the pennies start to drop. This person actually doesn't give a fuck about you, right? They don't. They really don't. If they gave a fuck about you, there would be no space and time. There would be... You know, there would be like two hours maybe of a natural, normal, you know, couple would have a huff with each other. Then somebody would be on the phone. Usually the person that's done the wrong thing should then be on the phone and saying, look, I do not want this to go for another two or three days again. I really don't want to be with anybody else. I don't want you to be with anybody else. You know, I'm sorry about what I said this morning or I'm sorry about what I said this afternoon. You know, you should not be going to bed on an argument with an, with with anybody, right? That was always something that I, I, I kept up as a rule. Don't go to bed because there's something about the cold light of day the next day that somebody can wake up and go, I think I can live without you. I don't need to be with you. And I used to have very much have those moments and they got longer and longer and more and more brutal. And the more I saw a pattern of behavior of the narcissists basically running away from uh, their responsibilities and, and refusing to apologize and refusing to have grown up discussions about what had gone wrong or what had happened or what they'd done or what I wanted to discuss, the more I realized these this is what they were like. This is who they really were. And I didn't want to do this for the rest of my life. I didn't want to have them running off to their mums every time I caught them in a lie or them blocking me on Facebook and deleting me um, and refusing to talk to me and telling me it was over every time I caught them in a lie. Um, I, that's not I didn't want to live a life like that. Irrelevant of the weeks or months where things were okay, I was always waiting for another event that would make me invisible to them. And once I realized that this was going to be the pattern of behavior in their camp, in that they this is what they were going to do, this is what they wanted to do, this is how they were going to deal with the relationship, any problems in the relationship, I was like, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. But I was only able to make those, have those conscious thoughts 
and make movements towards that eventual final decision in discards. And I think it's about sitting in, in, in the disc. If you're now listening to this podcast and you're trying to detach from a narcissist because you're starting to realize this is something that's just going to happen over and over and over again. You're not going to get grown up conversations. You might get hoovering, but it's not a grown up conversation, is it? You know, um, and you do. Who wants to sit on their own for two, three, four, five, six days or a month while, while the person that's supposed to love them is in a huff with them? You know, has gone off with somebody else. Who no normal person wants to live that life. And you start to think like a normal person when you're when you're discarded or when you've walked away from a narcissist and you've asked for a break or something like that. And narcissists make you abnormal. You know, they they make you total weirdos. Um so really it's just about trying to use the discards and use your time away proactively and creatively and um usefully. Although it's agony, think about that pain. You're going to be going through that again because this is what these people do. You, you know, it's Tuesday. You've been away from them for three days. They're talking about bringing you your stuff back, you know, or they're blocking you or they've deleted your pictures. See that that agony and that pain and that humiliation? Own that. Because those feelings are the real way the narcissist wants you to feel. The narcissist doesn't want you to feel nurtured and loved and um, adored, the narcissist wants you to feel what you're feeling right now in this moment. And you don't deserve to feel that. And you should be feeling peace and hope and excitement and calm and positivity. And the narcissist will never, ever let you feel those things. The only time you're ever really feeling those things with a narcissist, think about it, is when they're hoovering you back into the relationship that already caused you pain. <laughs>